and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsell. Mr. Birdsell, how was your first week of fantasy playoffs? Well, Adam, I mean, it was fine. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching other people suffer. So for for me, it was it was great. For a lot of people, Do you want to use the new word I taught you last episode or two episodes ago? schadenfreude oh yes schadenfreude yeah yes that's the one adam i don't remember what i had for breakfast this morning let alone what you told me two episodes ago fair point but but i did do some radio professional type work and i did happen to listen back to our friday program and i have a couple of apologies to make a couple we i think we were kind of wrong on some things um, some things, yes. Giovanni Bernard, yeah, that was a that was a big boo boo. Noah Fant, yeah, very large boo boo. But the man got sick on the first drive of the game, so tough. I would be too if Drew Locke was my quarterback. If I, I could, I'd true. fake sick. I'd true. fake sick. If, if I mean, if I could track the bowel movements of Noah Fant and his stomach ailment, then I would have said, don't start Noah Fant. But he talked a lot of people. And I actually, I actually got a lot of questions about, you know, what happens or what should you do as a commissioner if a player goes into the game healthy and then leaves the, for the first drive of the game sick. And I said, that's tough. It's, it's like an injury. Yeah. It's like if a quarterback drops back on the first play of the game, gets sacked, and his leg snaps in half. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, what are you it's, do? it's tough. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it's just it's part of it's part of the game. Because basically, it's like a slippery slope where it's like if you have a player like that, let's say you have a tight end that goes out injured, are we going to be naming alternates for every single position? Right, right, and and that I think is the the underlying fear slash pattern that we're starting with this year for obvious reasons, because, you know, COVID year, but we're starting a pattern where it just seems like alternates are just becoming part of the, the norm with fantasy. It's becoming part of the normal routine instead of just sort of a faux pas. Then just play a fucking best ball league. If you don't want to worry about playing a best ball league, Exactly. If you don't want to worry about players going out on the first series injured. Adam, exactly right. Exactly right. Play in a best ball league. But, I mean, to, to summarize the weekend in a nutshell, there were teams that I saw that put up over 200 points. There were teams that I saw that, for the most part, there were a lot of teams that put up in full PPR 160, 170, 180. I had... One team that was on a bye put up 175 points. Um, I have another one right now sitting at 163. And then I have another team that's sitting at 89 points that's on a bye. And my entire team is done. 89. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of like – it was kind of a hot and cold-ish weekend for a lot of people. You either really just blew it up or you shat the bed. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, because you listen to this podcast, you were one of those that that blew it up. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fitting that 
the I texted you this, but the first week that now that I'm out of the playoffs, my team starts performing like a fucking championship contender. I'm on pace for for my highest point total all season. And, in the, and yeah, not even close to playoffs. That's fantasy for you. That is fantasy. They never, basically, they, they never said fantasy was was very nice. No, or fair. Nope. It's all luck. Game of skill. Game of skill. It's all luck. Uh, my favorite thing was, I don't know if you remember, this is about Daily Fantasy though, but I don't know if you remember when they interviewed, they interviewed Joe Namath. And he's like, so is, is Daily Fantasy Sports gambling? He's like, do you, do you have to spend money to play? Do you win something? Yes. Well, then it's gambling. I do. That it's, it's gambling. It's not gambling. It's a beautiful form of art. Some would call it a, a Monet or a Van Gogh or a Picasso. Are you going to disrespect the quarterback who won the most important Super Bowl in the history of the NFL? I'm going to disrespect the worst quarterback in the Hall of Fame until Eli Manning gets there. Unbelievable. Until Eli gets there. So don't worry. Joe Namath will have company sooner rather than later. Anyway, uh, would you like to talk about these Sunday games? Surely. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, indeed. confidence meter um, what was the other one? It was the confidence o meter and the, the worryometer. Yes, that was the other one. Yes. Uh, speaking of worries, Deshaun Watson and the Texans have been eliminated from playoff competition consideration, I guess. And they went into Chicago and they laid an egg as much as any team could lay an egg. Ah, oh, this game just gives me so much pain to talk about. Oh my god. Um. Whoa, 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 where do I even begin? Where do I, Adam, where do I begin? Well, where do I begin with this game? I think we could talk about how Deshaun Watson hit his funny bone. He hurt his funny bone and he come out for a play. See, was it his funny bone? I, I thought it was his, um, his, um, uh, how do I put this in a PC family appropriate way? His, um, his junk. His jungle. That's what it looked like to me, but I I did not know it was funny bone. According to according to Romeo Cornell, it was his funny bone that he his hit. Funny bone. Okay. All right. He but, hit it. Yeah. Hey, he came back, and I don't know if he was that much better. I mean, the out of this Texans team is a mess. Well, you know I mean, how it is when you hit your funny bone. It's weird. Hurts like hell. Yeah, hurts hurts like hell. Um. The only Texan that really was worth any sort of start was Kiki Kuti. And even that. Scored, scored in this game. But other than that, they, I mean, there was nobody else. There was nobody else in this game that was really worth even a lick of your time. So, you know, what it really came down to for me was just, oh, my God. If you managed to get by with Deshaun Watson – Congratulations, because I mean you're very lucky. Hindsight 2020, but you know, are you really going to feel confident starting him next week at Indianapolis? No, no, I wouldn't. But then he gets he gets a softball week 16 against Cincinnati if you get there. See, that's the key. That's the operative. If you get there, yep. Or if you had a buy, if you have the Sean Watson and you had a buy, you love that. 
you love that. You probably are looking for a one week, one week replacement. And then you suit up to Sean Watson for week 16. See, here's the thing. I think, I mean, if you had somebody, some of these players on the other side of the field, you probably uh, came away with something, with some sort of uh, positives from this game. Because obviously, David Montgomery has continued his uh, his hot streak. In, Start of the week. Yeah. Start of the week. And Alder Robinson continues to impress. It's the Mitchell Trubisky effect, isn't it? It this is. Offense, this offense just looks so much better. And I'm, look, I'm not saying that Mitchell Trubisky, you know, is a draft pick that panned out. He's the I'm not saying that Mitchell Trubisky's, you know, good. But I think for the offense, I think for the players that are around him, these players obviously want to respond and they want to rally around Mitchell Trubisky more so than they want to rally around Nick Falls. Well, I think the thing is, Mitch Trubisky may not be good, but he's good for Allen Robinson. Oh, he's he's more than good for Allen Robinson. He's which is good for fantasy. For Robinson. Which is good for fantasy. Yes, which is fantastic for fantasy. And so. also it's good for David Montgomery because he just cause David Montgomery seemed lifeless with Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah, and I, and I tell you what, if you do own any Chicago Bear, if you own David Montgomery, if you own Allen Robinson, if you own Mitchell Trubisky at Minnesota next week, then at Jacksonville. Allen Robinson revenge game week 16. Oh, wow. In fantasy championships. Oh, wow. <sighs> the Allen Robinson revenge game. Allen Robinson could win people a lot of leagues, a lot of leagues, because his schedule, his schedule is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, yep. You know, I'd like so. to formally apologize for when we first started doing previews and you said Allen Robinson was your fifth ranked receiver. And then I gasped and said, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You happy now, Adam? I am. Well, considering that I own Allen Robinson and have spent the entire season with Allen Robinson, I am pretty happy about it. I love him. I just hope to God he doesn't sign with the Jets. Listen, can you listen? Allen Robinson, Trevor Lawrence. Fuck no. Nope. No, thank you. I'll pass. The quarterback wide receiver tandem of a generation. I'll pass. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so we've covered all we need to about this game. Thank goodness. Uh, let's well, talk about do the worryometer, the, 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 uh, star, the confidence meter. Well, I think we kind of covered it. We're worried about the Texans and Deshaun Watson and we're confident in the bears here. I'll, players. I'll, I'll summarize it. I'll summarize it then. You don't the need to put a number to everything. Well, some people like numbers, Adam. Okay. Don't start. Don't start fucking around with people's numbers. Okay. Capiche? Fine, whatever. I'm te- I'm teaching you some Italian now. Capiche. I do- listen, I know what capiche means. Good. Okay. I'll summarize it. Texans, you cannot start next week against Indianapolis. Chicago Bears are full plays the rest of the way. All right. There you go. E- e- even Trubisky. I-, I think, you know, if you have Deshaun Watson and you're looking for a replacement, Trubisky can be your guy. Oh God, that's such a 2020 sentence that you just said. I I, I can't believe I'm saying it. If you I were can't looking believe for, I'm saying it now. Yeah, I'm if I'm really looking before we move on to um, to Kansas City and Miami. If I look at who else I think could be a a, a good replacement, if not Trubisky, and you're looking for someone that's a bit safer, and he is available. I don't know if he is, but if he is, um, Ryan Tannehill at home versus the Detroit Lions next week. Yep. That 
that could be a, a boon play as well. Yeah. I mean, the Detroit Lions were just like carved up by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So, oh, they got cooked by Aaron Rodgers. And think about what's going to happen when Arthur Juan Brown, Corey Davis, and Derrick Henry come to uh, come to town. I am playing Derrick Henry in a, in a semifinal next week, and I am nervous. Yep. I am real nervous. It's funny because I didn't even realize that AJ stands for Arthur Juan, but um, Mike Keith, the play-by-play guy for the Texans, calls him that instead of AJ. Formal. Yes, very formal. But uh, we'll talk about that game in a second because that game was fun. At least for one side, anyway. At least for one, yes. Although, I mean, if Jacksonville is big on tanking, then I guess it was kind of fun. They might be. Just say no to tanking, kids. Uh, Anyway, so Kansas City and Miami. Kansas City returning to the scene of massive celebrations, returning to Hard Rock Stadium for the first time since they won the Super Bowl. And, yeah, this game, I mean kind of taught us what we already know. Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. Terry Kill is incredible. Travis Kelsey is incredible. Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is mediocre to bad. <laughs> I mean, what more do you want to say here? Um, Tua threw a pick, like I said. Yeah. So that's good. But he also threw for 316, threw for two. And then ran in one. Yeah. That was not a bad call. No, that was not a bad call. I mean, Mike Kosicki also had a good game. Uh, Mike Kosicki was having a career day, and he may have had an injury that could sideline him up from to, up to four to six months, according uh, to Dr. Chow. Uh, so, uh, you know, he basically, from what Dr. Chow was saying, um, it's an injury that is going to require an X-ray. And it's either going to be a one to two week injury or it's going to be one that silence him and needs surgery and he's going to be out four to six months. What was it? I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. It was a, it's a right shoulder injury. So they were calling oh. they were calling it a, it's a, it's a dislocation, but there was a, uh, there's a piece of the shoulder blade that could have potentially when it was, when it gets expanded and when it stretched there potentially is a tear. And if it's a clean tear, then it's a four to six month recovery. If it's a partial tear or nothing at all, it's a one to two week injury, and he's back before the end of the regular season. Jesus, that's awful. Yeah, so it's it's a matter of you know what the X ray kind of says on that. I mean, yeah, is that like related to the or near the rotator cuff? Because I know because isn't that like a shoulder kind of injury or is it's it the, just it's a- the front it's the frontal part of the shoulder? Oh, it's the front. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Well, yeah, no, that, that sucks. But I mean, it's basically the best way I can describe it is basically when you stretch out your arm or if you try and, you know, bend it back or anything, there's like a little band in your shoulder that allows for that kind of expansion. And when that thing, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And when it's stretched too far, it tears. So if it's a clean tear, if it's a clean tear, it's a four to six month injury. I tried to stretch my shoulder far back and that even like kind of hurt, but I mean, the one that's the thing. Yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, 
also, I mean, Miami probably did the best that it could with just a sheer lack of running backs. Hey, you know what? I, I, I give them credit because they, they made this game a fight for, for a while. And they look their, their defense is, is great. Their, their defense is going to be a top notch defense next year. Um, I will be taking their defense pretty much across the board uh, wherever I can possibly get them. And that might be a year where I just decide to ditch streaming defense and just ride the Dolphins because they are, they are really, they're going to be a top notch unit in the next couple of years. Um, there were a bunch of things with Tua that I liked in this game. There are a bunch of things that I hated, but 26 fantasy points, you, you got to call it what it is. Number two quarterback of the week, only behind Aaron Rodgers. Very, very good week for, uh, for Tua. I mean, this is, if you really want to call it spade to spade, this was a down week for a lot of the top quarterbacks. You know, Mahomes was very, very, very civilized with uh, three picks. Josh Allen, very, very, very civilized. Kyler Murray, much of the same. Then you have your top five is Aaron Rodgers, Tua, Drew Locke, Trubisky, Derek Carr. Very uh, topsy-turvy. Yeah, so if, if, you stream, if you did stream quarterback this week, congratulations, because odds are if you picked one of the right ones, you ended up having a, a great week. And then not so far behind was Jalen Hurts, who we'll, we will be talking about in a minute. Oh, we will be. Well, probably longer than a minute. But, yes, we will be talking about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, to summarize, I mean, you're you're sticking with your Chiefs at this point. You've, draft, you've drafted them high. And it would be uh, dumb of you to not stick with them. Although I do think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is worth just not even – considering at this point he's just he's just awful awful um i think i'll have clyde inside my top 24 next week when they have a date with the saints in new orleans but it's going to be very hard for me to endorse anybody starting him well that should be an interesting game yeah and i mean as for as for miami you know if there's no kasicki yeah, and there's no Devontae Parker, who also left this game injured. It's 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 murky for Miami in terms of, you know, what fantasy relevant guys can you can you play, especially with a rookie quarterback having to host the bad evil man, Bill Belichick next week. Yeah, he's gonna get murdered. Uh maybe, maybe. So maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, it, it really depends on Gesicki. If, if Gesicki gets a clean bill of health and he's fine, then Gesicki I would probably roll with. And I think Tua will be targeting him a whole hell of a lot. But if there's no Gesicki and there's no Devontae Parker, then the Miami offense is just not one that I want to invest in. He's going in with a, a running back tandem of DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird and a wide yes. receiver core of Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, yep. No relation. Uh, Mac Hollins and Jakeem Grant and Adam Shaheen at tight end. Yep. Not good. Lynn Bowden could be a sneaky play in deep leagues next week. Could be a sneaky, sneaky play. It is Bowden. I've, re- I've been reading a lot about Florida State, so that's why I, saw, uh, that's why I said Bowden. I oh, said yes. You were th- thinking of Bobby. Yes. Anyway, uh, next game. I think you're very excited about this game because it is the Cowboys – I mean, yeah, it's the Cowboys and the Bengals. Whoopee. The Andy Dalton revenge game. 
was low. Um, Can't wait to go back home next week and get shit on by San Francisco. In a rivalry as old as time. In a rivalry as old as time. We've gone from we've gone from Steve Young versus Troy Aikman to Nick Mullins versus Andy Dalton. Yes. Uh, yeah. So as far as the Cowboys are concerned, I mean, you definitely saw and felt that Ezekiel Elliott was not 100%, which is why the carries were so evenly split between him and Tony Pollard. Yep, and the underlying difference is Tony Pollard scored and Ezekiel Elliott didn't. If Zeke gets into the end zone, people are saying that he had a fine day, 15 points. Uh, he didn't. He only had seven. So another down day for uh, for Zeke, but to the surprise of absolutely nobody, a fantastic day for Amari Cooper. Got into the end zone. He's the only Cowboy you can trust at this point. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see if I would start him next week against San Francisco. I think it all depends on when I look at the San Francisco game film and I look at, you know, where they had their corners, where they had Barrett and where they had Sherman. Um, That'll be a big sort of selling point in terms of where I would be ranking Amari Cooper. But that'll be something that I do later on in the day day today. Well, I'm sure that Robert Sala is going to make it a point of emphasis to, to try and shut down somebody like Amari Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would assume so because he seems to be right now the only outlet of offensive production for, uh, for Dallas, but you know, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due to, uh, to Mr. Andrew Dalton. Uh, he looked, he looked okay. You think it was more of a, uh, he, he, you could tell he was motivated going back to, uh, to Cincinnati to take on his old, his old team. Also his wife Uh, is in the stands. Yeah, his wife was his wife was in the stands. I'm I'm pretty I'm almost certain they um they still own a home in Cincinnati. So, you know, they're still pretty much there. And then of course he's from he's from DFW. So Yeah. Makes sense that he's uh, that he's still there. But an efficient day for him, 185 yards, two touchdowns. I thought he's from Texas passing. What's that? I thought he was from Texas. Oh, Dallas Fort Worth. Never mind. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Clarification. Yes, yeah. Dallas Fort Worth equals DFW. Yeah, I guess that's a uh, that's for the uh, for the hipsters. The hipsters. Have, you, have you even been to Dallas? I have. Oh, actually, okay. Yes, I have. Is it nice? Uh yeah, I liked it. That's cool. It's funny because he yeah. So Andy Dalton plays with the Cowboys. He's from Dallas, but he has he has a home in Cincinnati. In his wife. Most beautiful place on earth. Yeah. Well, I think that was like a tradition, actually, that Andy Dalton's wife used to be in attendance for all the game for all of his games when he was in uh, Cincinnati with the Bengals. Only fitting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of these Bengals, you know, as absolutely dog shit as the running back situation is, mm. I mean, Brandon Allen still is exceeding the rock bottom expectations that people have had for him. He's been fine. Honestly. Take that as the backhanded compliment that it sounds like. He's been fine. Um, but looking at the, the touch split from this game, from the running backs, 15 for Travion Williams, 12 for Samaj P. Ryan, 6 for Giovanni Bernard. 
Giovanni Bernard is droppable. You're not going to start him next Monday night against Pittsburgh. You're not doing that. So tough for anybody that started Giovanni Bernard. But I mean, I, I, I didn't see this coming. I did, I did not see this coming. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where, I mean, all the, almost all of the Bengals running backs had fumbleitis in this game. Yeah. Every, every single one, except for Samaje Peter, I lost a fumble. Yep. So I, yeah, the running backs this, are just terrible. This only aids my case that Zach Taylor is the worst head coach in the national football league currently. Worse than Adam Gase. No. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. He's not worse than Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze, I think, has a plan. His plan is to make the Jets as bad as humanly possible with the eyes of getting a first overall pick. That he won't be there to coach. True. I, I don't know what the Bengals' plan is. I don't know what their plan is. I, I don't think Joe Mixon's coming back. So this is... This is now an offense that, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I want no, no part of this. I mean, Tyler Boyd was fine. T Higgins was fine. AJ Green was fine, but I doubt, I doubt you started him. You're only starting Boyd and Higgins if you're in a real, real, real bind. So this Cincinnati offense, I'm just, I'm fading altogether. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with them. Well, I don't blame you. Here's here's something that I actually had a conversation about with somebody last night. And it's, it was kind of talking about, you know, eyes for next year. And I think this is a good opportunity to also say that the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show will not be done after fantasy playoffs. We will be here. We're going to take you through the entire offseason. We're not going to be doing three shows a week, though. We might do one or two. But we'll be here throughout the offseason. So, Stay tuned for those episodes. But the point that we were talking about is, you know, overall strategy for next year and what you're going to do. And my underlying strategy at this point, as of right now, granted, this all could change. This, this avoid, all could change. I could, is it avoid the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, yes, partially. It is only go after guys that are on great football teams. So, for example – Someone like uh, Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't necessarily go after Josh Jacobs because the Raiders are kind of blah. Whereas Chris Carson, he's on an unbelievable football team in Seattle, and there was a two-and-a-half, three-round difference on where Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson were being drafted. So, Well, yeah, and like Derrick Henry, who's on a great team. Derrick Henry, same, same sort of deal. Alvin Kamara. The only outlier to that is kind of Christian McCaffrey because he's just yeah. – he's a cheat code. What about Dalvin Cook? Is Dalvin Cook an exception to the rule? Yeah, it just depends on where he goes. You know, if Dalvin Cook is still in Minnesota, then yes. Yes. Dalvin Cook is – for me, for me right now, I could give you a little sneak peek here before we move on to the Titans and the Jaguars. My top five. For next year, as of right now, if I had to, if we were doing a draft for next year today, my top five would be in order Christian McCaffrey, one, Alvin Kamara, two, Dalvin Cook, three, Devontae Adams, four, Derrick Henry, five. Interesting. 
with Tyree Kill and Keenan Allen coming in at six and seven. Interesting. I think I would put Derrick Henry higher. In non in non PPR, you can make a case for Derrick Henry being the number one pick. Well, that yes. In PPR, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, even in the, like in this game, he just doesn't do anything with uh, in the receiving game. But I think it's one of those things where I mean, we could talk about. It, we will talk about this at length. Some would say ad nauseum. Uh, but at length, we will be talking about this when we head into 2021 fantasy drafts. But I think that the the lack of receiving upside is kind of uh, papered over because Derrick Henry is able to do so much on the ground. It is. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because when he's posting days where he gets you 26 carries, 215 yards, two touchdowns, but only gets you two receptions, it it doesn't matter as much. But then you compare Derrick Henry to a guy like Christian McCaffrey, where he can get you 120 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving, gives you 220 combined yards. With then you sprinkle in eight, nine catches, 16 to 18 carries, and two touchdowns. Which day is going to be better? It's going to be the Christian McCaffrey who gets the six to seven more receptions and that turns into a 44 point day versus a 37.2 point day. So look, it's, it's not slander Derrick Henry. He was incredible in this matchup. He kills Jacksonville. Not a surprise that he ended up having a, a, a monster day, but he broke out against Jacksonville. Lest yep. we forget. Yep. He did. And number one running back of the week, Derrick Henry. And I expect that to continue the next couple of weeks because he has, I think, the most softball schedule for running backs in the NFL going up against the Detroit Lions at home and then going to Lambeau and taking on the Packers. My only worry with that Week 16 game against Green Bay is what happens if Green Bay comes out and absolutely shellacks Tennessee? You know, do we see Derrick Henry be used the same Week 16? But next week... He'll be he'll be a boom play. I'll have him. It'll be very hard for me not to have him as my number one running back next week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is going to be. Well, speaking of the rest of the Tennessee Titans, I mean, A.J. Brown had that amazing one-handed catch, as yep. per usual. Yep. He, uh, he's looked really good. I mean, injuries be damned. He Since he's come back, from the bone bruise in his knee, he has looked really, really good. Yeah, he's looked he's looked very good. Um, you could see he's playing hurt, no doubt about it. But his production has not wavered one bit, and I mean that's a that's fair play to him because he really has been carrying um, a lot of fantasy teams this season, uh, playing on you could say one and a half legs, quite yeah. frankly. So. Uh, you know, really good for AJ Brown. My only concern with him, though, is the amount of receptions that he comes down with. You know, I'm just looking at his numbers right now. Uh, you take away the seven catch performance versus Jacksonville, and then you take away weeks five, week six, week seven. Here are his receptions for those previous six weeks. That's six week stretch in between four, four, one, four, four, four. That's- oh, wow. Yeah. Not good. So you, but he's scoring since their week four bye when they got that whole Pittsburgh game moved because of COVID. He scored in every 
game except for two last week against Cleveland and then week 10 against Indianapolis. So it, it he's another one where it's, this is a player, at least for me, that if we're talking about next year and we're talking about where would I value him, this is a player I want no part of. Because the, the, the statistics just don't add up. And he is producing at such a clip where you have to say he has to have regression and he has to regress back to the mean. He cannot keep putting up four catches in a game and scoring every week and be productive. I mean, think think of it this way, Adam. He has 51 receptions on the year, right? Yes. He is averaging a touchdown on 5.7 receptions. So for every 5.7 reception that A.J. Brown gets, close to, let's just say, let's just round up and say six. For every six catches that A.J. Brown gets, one of them is a touchdown. How can you sustain that production? I don't know. I don't think I don't you know. can. You can, but it's, it's unsustainable. Well, here's the thing. Also, A.J. Brown is still on his rookie contract. We know that. He is? Yes, he is. You know who is not under contract next year? Corey Davis. Yes. If, for some reason, the Tennessee Titans do not bring back Corey Davis, I think we're having a different conversation about A.J. Brown. I could, I would, I would agree with that. I think if Corey Davis is not back there next year, then yeah, we, we could be having a different conversation. Corey Davis on the jets would be amazing. Oh my God. Can you listen, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Corey Davis, Alan Robinson, Dalvin cook. You'll, you'll love to see it. Trevor Lawrence and Corey Davis. That's the best wide receiver QB wide receiver combo in the land. Yeah. You'd probably win a Super Bowl next year. I love it. With Corey Davis. Not a moment too soon. Corey Davis goes back to Tennessee, catches a 55-yard Hail Mary from Trevor Lawrence. The Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Thanks to Corey Davis. Wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I think if that if that happens, you probably wouldn't be you wouldn't have the same expression. You'd be like, fuck, god damn it. I have to listen to Adam talk about the Jets being in the Super Bowl. This is insufferable. If Corey yeah. Davis, if Corey Davis helped the cause, I would be over the moon. Are you kidding? Because all the Jets fans that have decided to say, oh yeah, Corey Davis is shit, Corey Davis is shit, Corey Davis is shit, now have to eat crow. But they won't. They won't. No. Well. Because I can't I can't be right about anything. <gasps> me being me being right is bad for business. So for all those people, for those people who don't like me being right and want to just go against me, could go ahead and start Chad Pennington in your semifinals next week. I hear he's a fantastic start. I love Chad Pennington. Or Vinny Testaverde, if you'd like. I think, yeah, yeah, Chad Pennington can come out of the come out of retirement for sure. one week. Sure. sure. How's his shoulder? Fine. Looks great. Uh yeah, so for Jacksonville, I mean, Gardner Minchie's back. Yep. It's good for DJ Chark. Yeah. I guess. Again, I mean, James Robinson's the only guy for Jacksonville that I can consistently trust on a 
week to week basis. And, you know, that's not saying much when he really didn't have a fabulous day. I think this is actually, believe it or not, and I think this is, you know, credit to James Robinson. This is probably one of the worst games of the year that he had. And he still averaged 5.6 yards per carry. So, yeah, I, I mean, Jacksonville wasn't running the ball. like No, no they, they weren't running the ball. Um, so it, it definitely did hurt James Robinson. He wasn't catching the ball nearly as much. So it, it's a down week from James Robinson. Hopefully he didn't, he didn't kill you, but I think, you know, 12 points in full PPR. I think he, I think, I think that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. DJ shark. The funny thing about DJ shark is that he had two catches, but you could see that they were trying to feed him the ball. He had nine targets in this game. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were trying to get him the the rock, but Tennessee was just where they were on that. Yeah, but uh, all right, uh, next game. Speaking of New York football fans, oh lord, is the and the giant fans come back to earth? Is the parade canceled? The parade is canceled. The per- the uh, ticket tape parade's canceled. Oh my god! Or. Are uh, Giants fans going to just make it go upstate instead? Adam, this was terrible. Yep. This was bad. This was bad, bad, bad. Daniel Jones has reverted back to Daniel Jones. He's hard. He's hard. Yeah. Joe Joe Judge made his first mistake by playing him. He was hard. You you could see it. I know. Well, I think it's one of those things where Joe Judge is like, well, we're in a playoff race. We're going to play – Daniel Jones, but it, it was a mistake. It was a mistake, flat out. Yeah, because now you have he, – he was playing on one leg. He, he, you, you could see it. His throws did not have the same zip. Uh, the offense was not moving like it had in, in previous weeks. With Daniel Jones under center, and I'm just going to limit it to you know Colt McCoy last week, they flat out got embarrassed in, in, in this game. And it was it was not pretty. And if you are a fantasy owner and you have if you have Wayne Gallman, oof, oh boy, this was a bad, 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 bad day. If you had Evan Ingram and you started him with the hope of Daniel Jones being back under center for the Giants, yikes. If you started Sterling Shepard, maybe. Oof. Jesus. Yeah. It's just not good. No, this was this was a, just a bad, bad performance all around from the Giants. And, you know, I'm going to be very curious to see what this is going to look like next week if they decide that they're going to throw Daniel Jones back out there or if it's going to be Colt McCoy, a Colt McCoy revenge game versus the Browns. Because for me... The Colt McCoy revenge game. For me, I, I just... I don't see a way you could throw... Daniel Jones out there. Well, let me tell you. I'm not even saying bench him. I'm not saying bench him. I'm just saying the kid's hurt. The kid's hurt. So you don't you don't pull your hammy and then come back two weeks later. Yeah, that 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 just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. I mean, you could have sat him this game. You could have played Colt McCoy, and then if you wanted to say, "Hey, DJ, you're back next week versus Cleveland," fine. You know, 
Well, it could have been worse. He could have just made it worse by having him play in this game. Very also. true. Very true. And Daniel Jones could could have been at, could be out for longer as a result of of playing in this game. Uh, there is there is sacks. some there is some breaking news. I, yes. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but this is it's kind of important, not really. Um, so there was a lingering issue with Melvin Gordon pending to his uh, DUI. Yep. In terms of his when his sentencing was going to be, it was originally scheduled for next week, which would have essentially could have ruled him out for week 16 championships. That sentencing has been moved to January 14th. So he will be active for the rest of the season. So I guess if you own Melvin Gordon, then that's some good news uh, there. Didn't mean to cut you off, Adam. I apologize. No, it's problem. No, it's no problem. It's a problem. Yes, I know. No, it's no, it's no problem. Uh, yeah, no. big, big problem. Daniel Jones, I think he might have made made it worse with playing. Took six sacks in this game. He could couldn't even run the foot. He didn't even run the football like once. He did not have one carry in this game. Yeah, it. He just didn't seem like his himself. It kind of reminded me. It, although it's a different part of the body, of course, it did remind me of you know Kyler Murray when he was playing hurt with the with the shoulder issue. Yeah, he still is playing hurt. Yeah, he still. Well, is. I think at his worst. I mean, yeah, at his worst. Yes, but I tell you what, you know, moving on from the Giants and and focusing now on the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray looked okay, but I can tell you who really has been the primary beneficiary of all of this is Kenyon Drake, because Kenyon Drake now looks like a guy that. I'm not going to say that he's going to be a ceiling sort of guy every week where he's getting you, you know, 25, 30 points. But if you're looking for 70, 80 yards and a touchdown, this guy's basically a lock to get it. So, you know, he's someone that is a very safe play going forward for the Arizona Cardinals. And if we look at his schedule the rest of the way and, you know, what that kind of has in store, you know, it's, it's fine. It really is. At home versus Philadelphia, then at home versus San Francisco. No, no, no. It's a neutral site game versus San Francisco. Oh, yes. I apologize. Neutral site. Because they're both because they're basically both at home. True. They are they are both at home. So yeah, I mean, look, it's fine for for Kenyon Drake. I will probably have him in like the top 20-ish range. But he gets a touchdown. He'll have a nice day. And I think uh, against Philadelphia and in a, in a matchup that, let's face it, it looks a whole hell of a lot more enticing than it did a week ago. Um, you know, they, they'll be points definitely scored in that game. So you need to hope that, you know, you're on the receiving end of that. And I think, uh, you know, guys like Kenyon Drake, guys like DeAndre Hopkins, guys like Kyler Murray uh, will all be very, very solid plays next week versus uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, with this game? Um, I hope all the Giants fans are miserable. All righty then. So next game, a the Super Bowl 50 rematch between the Broncos and the Panthers. Mike Davis, baby. I know, right? I mean, this is such a weird backwards kind of game. Drew Locke looked like a professional quarterback. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I don't think I'm one to talk. But uh, Mike Davis looked really good. As well, but Robbie Anderson had a nice day. Yeah, I mean, you wish he would have scored. Um, KJ Hamler ended up catching two touchdowns. Yeah, it was a big, big time coming out party 
for KJ Hamler. I don't know if he's someone that I want to be starting next week against Buffalo, but if you're looking but, for a home, uh, home run Hail Mary-ish play, yeah. it could be all right. I mean, the one thing that has kind of uh, kept me grounded is that the running back situation with the Broncos is still terrible. Yes. Yes, it is. But yeah, if Melvin Gordon is is hurt and it's Philip Lindsay, there could be some clarity. Right. Because we've seen Melvin Gordon look good when there hasn't been Philip Lindsay there. And we've seen Philip Lindsay look okay when he gets an extended run without Melvin Gordon. So I feel like one of these running backs is destined to be cut in the offseason. Or traded. Or traded. Yeah, I, I I see it. I really, I really, really do. Please, um, Joe, don't do it. Don't do it, Joe. Don't do it. Don't take um, on the stupid contract of Melvin Gordon. Mike Davis and Adam, you you mentioned that this was a an ass backwards game. It really was because you had Mike Davis only garnering fifty two point four percent of the carries for the Panthers in this game. So it it was weird to see him be efficient with a lighter workload for a change. Yes. And maybe I guess that's the the key factor in this is he had 16 touches in this game altogether. I average about 4.6 yards per carry, which is basically on the high end of what he's done this season. And he looked, he looked great, especially in close. So, I mean, he has a layup of a matchup next week against the Packers who allow the eighth most points with receptions to running backs. So if it's Mike Davis, if it's Christian McCaffrey, I mean, fire him up. Yes. I pray, I pray it's McCaffrey. But the terrible thing is that this game is on Saturday. That's very strange. Well, it's one of those things also where, um, I mean, the Packers just allowed a couple touchdowns to carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift which in a game that we will talk about as True. well. And, yeah, you're going to see some something from either Mike Davis or Christian McCaffrey or both. You never know. Uh, the breaking news, it's slight breaking news, but uh, this is from straight from Adam Schefter. Jalen Hurts will start on Sunday against the Cardinals. I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's yep. what, yeah, it's not, not a huge thing. No, uh, Carson Wentz is done in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's done. That, that ship has sailed. Anyway. I mean, the fucking, the Eagles beat the fucking Saints. I know. But we'll we'll get there. We'll they get up, there. They were up seventeen nothing at halftime. You're telling me. I mean, uh, what? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with this sort of uh, with this game? Please, God, Christian McCaffrey, come back from uh, your mouth to God's ears, as they say. Mm-hmm. They do say that. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, top tier running backs, we're going to our last game of the one o'clock hour, and that is the Minnesota Vikings heading to Tampa Bay to uh, go up against the Buccaneers. And Dalvin Cook once again had a Dalvin Cook kind of day. And Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch. Yep. A healthy if, scratch. 
if that's not a sign that Leonard Fournette is done, I don't know who what is. And well, did we not say that you could have dropped Leonard Fournette weeks ago? Yes. This is it. I mean, that's that that that's it. Done. Is it just me, or does it feel like that Bruce Arians was never on fully on board with Leonard Fournette coming into Tampa Bay? That's tough because I feel like he really wanted Leonard Fournette to take over that job. Like I just I didn't feel like he was so in on Ronald Jones. But I think Ronald Jones just let his play do the talking for him. And Ronald Jones, I got to give credit where credit is due. He's really changed his entire game this season. And look, you're not going to get the reception upside with Ronald Jones. You're not. But in an offense that's powered by Tom Brady, you know, there is value there. Now, I think the real question is, do the Bucks stick with Ronald Jones? Is Ronald Jones their unquestioned number one guy next year? When there is a running back market that has Dalvin Cook on it, that's going to have James Conner on it. Could Bruce Arians want to bring in James Conner? Is that something that he could potentially do? I don't know. But oh I, I just don't know if the Bucks are as committed to Ronald Jones as we think. And that that scares me, but that's that's a next year thing. For this year, you ride Ronald Jones because his his schedule the next two weeks for fantasy playoffs it, it, it is as good as it gets. And we talked about uh, Derrick Henry having a great schedule. We talked about uh, Tom Brady being a must start the next couple of weeks. Uh, Ronald Jones in the same boat at Atlanta and at Detroit. I mean that is just that is just juicy. So go ahead and, and, and play Ronald Jones because he he's going to be a really, really, really good play next couple of weeks. I will, I will definitely, definitely have him inside my top 20, closing in, in my top 15 for, uh, for week 15. Yeah. Um, it's weird because the, Vi- the Vikings just couldn't – it just seems like the Vikings just couldn't get anything going on offense like at all. No. No, it was a, it was a down day for, for all the pass catchers not named Darv Smith Jr., yeah, and it's the one uh, that Dion. we said that we weren't worried about is the one that caught the that caught the touchdown. So what are you going to do? Yeah, Adam Thielen had a down day. Um, Justin Jefferson had a down day, and it was interesting. It was really – I was more concerned with the play calling in this game more than I have been in the past because it was so – the, the game script was leaning so much towards throw, throw, throw. And it should have been an opportunity for Thielen and Jefferson to at least have five or six receptions, maybe even a score. And they didn't open up this offense at all. I mean, they, they, they did yeah. not open this up. It's and telling. that to me is such, is such a concern. It's really telling when – the only players that got above five catches or five targets, five targets and above, were Tyler Conklin and Justin Jefferson. That's, Tyler Conklin had five targets and JJ had eight targets. That's very, very, very concerning. And it just seems like also, not only do they not open up the offense, it seems like they were running with Dalvin Cook. Like, 
they were using Dalvin Cook like they were up by 14 instead of being down by 14. So there is some break, uh, more breaking news, um, and it does relate to Christian McCaffrey. So um, Panthers head coach Matt Rule has said that they are going to give Christian McCaffrey every opportunity to play this weekend versus Green Bay, but there's no guarantee. So, in other words, very, very, very gray. Yeah, very, very gray, indeed. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we already talked about Ronald Jones, of course. Um, Mike Evans and Antonio Brown had a pretty good, uh, pretty good days as well. Chris Godwin kind of like was invisible. It seemed like in this game as well. Did he? Was he hurt? Well, more than usual, I mean. Well, he was dealing with the finger injury, but yeah, no, that th- that we already know about. So I think if you had any of these Tampa Bay receivers, you were left saying to yourself, the "Hell, I mean, nine points, eight points, six points from Brown, Evans, and Godwin. I mean, oh my lord." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely it's good, right. It's good for Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady, you know, can spread the ball around. But if you own a singular receiver from this offense, you, you you can't trust them. Luckily, they do have a softball matchup against a very soft secondary next week against Atlanta, and then another one against Detroit. But I mean, that's going to be very the best corner for the season. Right, right. And Jeff Okuda. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting this week in terms of the buildup for Week 15. What to do with these Tampa Bay receivers? if you could actually trust them week 15, because you basically are looking for a touchdown is which of these guys is most likely to score a touchdown. And for me, it's Mike Evans. Yeah. And then you're going to get a curveball, and it's going to be, and Scotty Miller is going to catch a 48 yard bomb. True. True. So like I said, it's good for Tom Brady. Tom Brady is great for, but in terms of the receivers, not so much. Um, I think Tampa Bay, it's like the greatest argument for handcuffing wide receivers that I've seen in a while. <laughs> Where it's like, you, since you don't know who it's going to be, you might as well have multiple and just see where the chips fall. But also, it could change on a week-to-week basis, so you don't even know. Because I think, I mean, people kind of expected Mike Evans to do really well, but I think they expected Chris Goblin to... Uh, at most, like equal his production, but it was Antonio Brown that surpassed him this week. And you might see something different next week where it's a Chris Godwin week and Mike Evans is right behind him and Antonio Brown's third or Antonio Brown does really well. So it's tough. And then you also have to deal with the tight ends. Gronk had a fucking horrible game aside from scoring his touchdown. Right. So what are you going to do with this team? I mean, yeah. It's not like you're going to bench anybody. It was almost an immaculate stat line, too, for Gronk. Yeah, it was a one, one catch for two yards and one touchdown. That's so unfortunate. I know. Terrible. Um, like I said, the only one that I think I can trust is Evans, just because I feel like he's the most likely to score on a week-to-week basis in terms of the pass catchers. But even that is, you know, you're asking me to do a lot. So... I mean, in a place where I have Mike Evans, I'll be starting him next week, but praying for a touchdown. And I mean, I on my hands you. and knees, praying. 
I don't blame you. I do not blame you in the slightest. Uh, this next game, we're talking about it quick. I'm not fucking de- I'm not fucking messing around. We're not. To- oh boy. We're not. We're done. Here. We're done. Here, Adam. I'm turning. I'm turning my mic off. I'm not even. Not even. I'll take care of this. Okay. I'll take care of this. Uh, the New York Jets suck. They suck. You do not play any New York Jet going forward. Done. That's that. Next. Great. Seattle. Uh, yeah. Seattle. I didn't talk about Seattle yet. Oh, fine. We can talk about Seattle. Fucking. Hey, Adam. Smith. Adam. Stop as he. Stop as he. I'll get through this quickly. I promise. Uh, great day. Great day for uh, for all the Seahawks. If you had uh, any of the offensive players, it just sounds like, you know, if you started any of them, odds are they, they scored, unless your name, of course, was Tyler Lockett. Uh, Russell Wilson, four touchdowns and a pick on the day. Very, very Russell Wilson-like day from him. Uh, Chris Carson was able to get into the end zone in this matchup. DK Metcalf, a very pedestrian day from him. From him, six for sixty-one and a touchdown. And you know, I say pedestrian, and he still ends up scoring eighteen point one fantasy points. David Moore got into the end zone. Will Disley got into the end zone. Um, you know, I'm not really looking at David Moore, Will Disley, and saying to myself, "Oh yeah, that there must adds now." But DK Metcalf is a must start every single week. Chris Carson is a must start every single week. And Tyler Lockett, I'm not worried about the down week from him. Uh, you're continuing to play him, especially uh, next week against Washington against a much stingier outside coverage pass defense where, you know, DK Metcalf could see a lot more double teams and a lot more tougher coverages. It could open up things, especially in the underneath part of the field for Tyler Lockett to really be able to produce. So I'm not necessarily too concerned about Tyler Lockett. I won't have DK Metcalf necessarily as high as I did this week in my rankings, but I think, you know, Lockett will definitely see a boost. So I would say Metcalf and Lockett are borderline top five plays next week for a Seattle pass offense that just continues to really, really, really look good and continue to be the top dogs in the, uh, potentially be the top dogs in the NFC. All right. Well, I'm already on the box score for Indianapolis and Las Vegas. So let's just move on. Perfect. Because uh, I know I'm just going to get mad again. And I don't, nope. I don't, nope. Nope. Adam, Adam. Yep. Moving on. Unicorns, butterflies. Pixie dust and rainbows. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Indianapolis went to the Death Star and they uh, threw a and they launched a torpedo into it into its exhaust pipe, if you will, and blew it up. Uh, yeah, Philip Rivers had a really good game. Jonathan Taylor, the one we've been slagging Jonathan Taylor this entire for the past couple of weeks, and now he comes with this. I said he was great play. I said, I said on Friday, it's a good play. I did say that. Okay. So I'm vindicated on that one. But <sighs> T.Y. puts up two touchdowns. Great. Jonathan Taylor is a fantastic day. Awesome. Trey Burb didn't even have a catch in this game. Oh. I was like, why are you so sad? Oh. Trey Burton didn't even have a fucking reception. Uh. I'm going to make – he didn't even have a target. Ah, he didn't even have a target. Oh, no. He's a no-show from the stat line. Philip Rivers, you couldn't just target him once? You couldn't give an immaculate stat line? If 
I don't need you to listen very closely. Oh, God. I need you to listen very, 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 very closely. If Trey Burton has an immaculate stat line, you will hear me sing his song louder than I've ever sang anything before in my life. You're probably right. Because I will be honoring Trey Boo Boo, but then I will be also honoring the immaculate stat line. Yes. A double immaculate stat line? If Trey Burden gets the population du- with the least of our problems. If Trey Burden gets a double immaculate stat line, I'm calling out sick. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling out sick? You have sick days? Yes. Oh, You're okay. getting it. Bring in my backup, the backup co-host. <laughs> Jake's mom would love to hear the Trey Burton song. By the way, we are recording the Basement Talk podcast on Thursday after the monster snowstorm. So see you that see that in your inbox on Thursday night. Well, hopefully that doesn't actually happen. As well, it's as bad as everybody says it is. From your mouth to God's ears, as they say. Yes, they do say that. Uh, yeah, and then for the Las Vegas Raiders. This was a just a bad yes. Some more breaking news, courtesy of Matt Roll and the Carolina Panthers. DJ Moore is expected to be active this week versus the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's interesting. Yes, sir. Well, the fun thing about that is that since the game's on Saturday. It's going to be one of those things where they're going to we're going to be getting practice reports earlier than uh, than everybody else because they're going to start probably on Tuesday. Correct. Yes, sir. So uh, yeah, and like I was saying, for the Las Vegas Raiders, it's just not not good, not good. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a down game. I mean, Nelson Aguilar. Had had a solid day, five catches for 100 yards even. You love to see that. Love to see it. 100 yards even. And then Foster Moreau with the uh, the 47-yard bomb jackpot, baby. Raiders touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a performance I think a lot of people expected from, from the Raiders going up against the Colts that, you know, maybe there wasn't going to be much for the marquee players uh, if you're looking especially at guys like Josh Jacobs, who wasn't necessarily as effective as he has been, but this is just kind of who Josh Jacobs is, very hot and very cold at times. Um, but he gets much better matchups the next couple weeks against Miami and then against uh, the Chargers. So uh, I'm not necessarily too concerned about Josh Jacobs going forward for the Raiders. Darren Waller had a nice game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a very nice game, as you said, Adam. You know, it's it's tough for me to say that Nelson Aguilar is a start just because you know it's the Raiders. You know, you, you're you're basically playing with fire. You know, trying to go and say you know the Raiders are a are a fantasy gold mine, but. Why don't think anybody's saying that? I guess in deeper leagues, Aguilar next week could be okay. I mean, like you said, Derek Carr was in the top five of quarterbacks. Yeah. And you could say it was negative game script. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the the bottom line is they're going to throw the ball. 
So, Listen, man, all the points count the same. Who cares? In what? Who cares about the context? The points all count the same. That is from radio professional Adam Gaster, who, in case you didn't hear already, is a radio professional. He has various degrees from Hofstra University. He resides in Port Washington, New York, and has an award-winning journalist. And just so happens to be famous and friends with WFEN's number one afternoon radio team, Evan Roberts and Greg Carton. If by friends you mean I had one five-second long conversation with which with each of them, then sure. Friends with New York's number one sports radio team in the afternoons, Evan Roberts and Greg Carton from WFEN, well, New York's number one radio station. I think you're fishing for that i think you just wanted to do that stupid bit that you always do and you couldn't find a good way to do it a good place to put it no it 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 comes naturally adam no it comes naturally see you don't understand you're like a oblivious 40 year old father putting up with his five-year-old son you just put the t the ball right in the t and i just go uh, do you have anything you want to say about the Raiders before we move on to the Falcons and the Chargers? The autumn wind is a pirate. It is. The autumn wind is a Raider. Anyway, so uh, yeah, next game is the Atlanta Falcons heading to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. I've heard this game be called the Choke Bowl, which oh actually is pretty accurate. God. Uh, Matt Ryan had a fucking horrible day. Yep. I mean, Russell Gage threw a a touchdown to Calvin Ridley. And, yeah, I mean, this is is what we know. Matt Ryan, without Julio Jones, is fucking horrible. Yeah. We already know this. Todd Gurley is terrible Mm -hmm. at this point. Yep. He's being outgained by Edo Smith, yep. the running back of the future for the Falcons, probably. Mm-hmm. And it seems at this point, this you might like gasp when you hear me say this, but I think that Calvin Ridley is just as valuable as Julio Jones at this point. Uh, no, that's not crazy. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a... Or better than Julio Jones. If someone said to me that Calvin Ridley is going to be a top two round pick, you know, top end of the second, early end of the first, or bottom end of the first, excuse me, I would say that is probably exactly where I would take him. Because Calvin Ridley is really good. But the thing here with Atlanta, if we're looking towards the future, if Matt Ryan's not there next year, what does this look like? If Julio Jones is not there next year, what does this look like? So definitely a bit scary-ish when talking about the the Falcons. But, you know, for now, Calvin Ridley is, is – you're just going to play Calvin Ridley every chance you get. As for the Chargers, Austin Eckler's really good. Other news, the sky is blue. I don't think anybody should be too surprised by that. And he has two weeks worth of matchups that are just absolutely ridiculous at the Raiders and then at home versus the Broncos. Who just well, ditto for Keenan Allen. Yeah, and, and 
that's something that I wanted to get into as well. Um, Keenan Allen did exit this game or did come out of this game, I should say, uh, finished the game, but came out of it with some general soreness. Uh, Anthony Lynn was not very um, forthcoming in terms of what the area of soreness was, uh, but important to monitor him on the practice report this week. Uh, all indications are that Keenan Allen is fine. I have not heard anything to suggest otherwise, but if there is a DNP that pops up on maybe Wednesday, don't be too surprised by it. Um, you know, as we start getting later in the week, if he doesn't practice Thursday and if he doesn't practice Friday, then be very concerned. But as of right now, I don't think there's anything that I'm too necessarily concerned about when it comes to, to Keenan Allen and his um, future participation in uh, Chargers games going forward. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, one thing that we didn't really mention for either team is the the tight ends. And there's such a golf in quality, I feel like, between Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst in this season, during this season. Hayden Hurst has been non-existent at this point. And Hunter Henry has actually been really good. Uh, he hasn't scored in a while, I feel like, but he, he's, been, he's been really good. He's very consistent, Hunter Henry. I think that's, that's the underlying difference um, between Hunter Henry and, and Hayden Hurst. By the way, both players who have an alliteration in their name with the same letter, H. Mm-hmm. Hunter, Hunter Henry hasn't scored since the Jet game, by the way, actually. Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst. Yes. Alliteration there. Hunter Henry, H.H., Hayden Hurst, H.H. Fascinating tidbit. Yeah, I mean, look, you weren't starting Hayden Hurst. We told you not to. If you did, you're stupid. That's your own fault. You can't start him going forward either because he's a touchdown, boomer bust, dependent tight end at this point. Yeah. There are better options. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I'd rather start Logan Thomas next week over him. Oh, yeah. Right now. R- right now. And I even think that's – it doesn't matter who the quarterback for the Washington football team is. I think if it's Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins, I think Logan Thomas is a start. I mean, I'd rather – yeah. If you, have da- if you have Dallas Goddard – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Jared Cook. Ooh. Cook. I think Cook, just because Cook – it seems like he scores every single week. And look at the Kansas City Chiefs defense, what they just let happen. Mike Kosicki yeah. had two touchdowns against them. Mm-hmm. So, is, yep. Could be good news for Jared Cook. The reason that I mentioned both of those tight ends is because I'm looking at the box score for the next game that we're going to be talking about. And that is the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Philadelphia is back? <laughs> Maybe. Miles Sanders could be startable again. Uh, you know who's a half game out of the division? The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, grand. That's superb. Uh, yeah. That's just superb to hear. But let's talk about the Saints first. Surely. So uh, Alvin Kamara does, is, has been doing his Alvin Kamara thing. He's actually didn't. He's been a lot better as far as receiving uh, this week than he was last week, where he's got seven. He had seven catches for forty-four yards, and he also has uh, the fifty rushing yards and a touchdown. But 
it just seems weird that Michael Thomas has not scored yet. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's, I think that's what I want for Christmas. That's on my Christmas wish list is Michael Thomas to finally score a touchdown. And I don't know why Taysom Hill is allergic to wanting to target Michael Thomas in close, but he seemingly is. So he has another good matchup next week against the, the Chiefs. And if that game does get ugly, it should be a great, great game script for Michael Thomas to produce. So he's going to be a top 12 play for me again next week. He, he meets his floor every single week. I think that that really is the one thing that stands out is that maybe he's not a ceiling play, but in terms of a guy that'll get you 15 to 20 points, that's Michael Thomas, and he'll, he'll do that. He'll do that tenfold. Yeah. Do you think at this point the second-tier players for the Saints, your Taysom Hills, your Emmanuel Sanders, your, ja- your Jared Cook, they're startable going forward? Hill is, yes. Cook in a spot start, yes. Other than that, no. Okay. Yeah, I think Cook Cook is a fine start this week against Kansas City. He's a fine start. Right. Well, I mean, in playoff time, you're thinking, you know, you're taking it one week at a time. Yep. At this Bingo. Point. So. Bingo. All right, and so for the Philadelphia Eagles, listen, Jalen Hurts looked looked all right. Yep, he did. For his first start, I mean, he had 106 rushing yards and 167 passing yards and a touchdown. He can be a guy that you start next week against Arizona and he will give you at least a very solid rushing floor. He could be a lesser version of what Josh Allen and Kyler Murray are and Taysom Hill in terms of they will run the ball and get you those rushing yards. So I think if you're, if you're struggling a quarterback and you need a little bit of something different, I think Jalen Hurts is definitely your play. And I feel really dumb for not putting that together. That was something that I just completely utterly ignored was the rushing potential that Jalen Hurts could have got. And he balled out. So fair, Fair play, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Well, it's like Doug Peterson said. Jalen Hurts provided the the Eagles with a spark on offense. Oh, yes, he did. Because everybody everybody looked good. Even Alshon Jeffrey looked good. I know. Alshon Jeffrey caught a touchdown. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey caught a, t- caught a touchdown in a professional football game. Not preseason. Not a scrimmage. Not the Pro Bowl. No. In an actual game that matters. If you're Carson Wentz, are you feeling do you have Marcus? Do you feel like you have Marcus Mariota syndrome? Yep. Yep. And he needs to get the hell out of Philadelphia. I think Atlanta might have an opening in the future. Atlanta, Chicago, Indianapolis. Yeah. Denver. Den- Denver? If they're not sold on Drew Locke. It's been two years. If they're not sold on Drew Locke and they want to bring in a veteran to 
push Drew Locke. Sure. Look yeah. at what Chicago did with Trubisky. They brought in Nick Foles to push him and then potentially displace him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be very, it's very, it would be very interesting, interesting to see what goes on with it, with that. Yeah. I just don't think anybody's going to be trading though for Carson Wentz. I think that's just going to have to be a, you cut him, you eat the cap and then Carson Wentz just goes and signs a one-year deal somewhere else. Yeah. I can tell you right now, Indianapolis, Chicago, Denver, Atlanta. What about all have to be interested? What about New England? New New England could be one. Absolutely. And here's another one too. If there's no, um, if Drew Brees retires, New Orleans. I don't don't think, I don't know. I think Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill too much. I don't see Taysom Hill being a consistent thrower. I think Carson Wentz, you put him in a right situation where there's Sean Payton, who is widely regarded as one of the best offensive minds in the business. And you give him Michael Thomas. Oof. No, I know. Yeah. Oof. And a good defense too. Yeah. And a really good defense behind him. It could be, it could be something that they uh, decide to do, or maybe it goes to signs a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. To back up Tom Brady. Back up Tom Brady for a year. And then Bruce Arian says, here you go, me Lord. <laughs> Keys to the kingdom. Yes. All right. Uh, next game. The Green Bay Packers going to Detroit. To- I'll make this easy. Yeah. Go for it. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are the greatest things since sliced bread. You are starting them every single week. They are never coming out of your lineups. And they are amazing, wonderful individuals. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Way to say we, we're not- we do not need to talk about this game any longer. There you go. Terrific. One um, thing, one thing that I will say. Yes. Matthew Stafford with the rib injury. Definite, definite, definite concern. But when Chase Daniel came in, he did try and get TJ Hawkinson more involved. So that was good to see that maybe, you know, there's something there. But in terms of Detroit, if there's no Matt Stafford the next week, boy, oh boy, this would be messy. And, and the Detroit Lions, whoever, uh, with their remaining schedule, um, you know, they could be a, a very, very, good play for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Because, well, man, that could be a massacre. I think uh, in the post game, Darrell Bevel basically said to the extent of we're going to have to monitor what's going on with Stafford, but he's so, he's such a tough guy that he can play through just about anything. We have seen him play through worse. Yeah. He, yes. Yeah. He has finished games with worse. He has. This is yes. true. Was that also his knee that he tore up in that Cleveland game? Uh-huh. Yeah. Fucking the one. See, Philip Rivers can throw a touchdown with a torn ACL, but how many players can do a QB sneak with a torn ACL? Philip Rivers does not do QB sneaks with two healthy ACLs. That is also fair. <laughs> that, that is also true. Uh, yeah, so uh, Washington at San Francisco looks like uh, Kyle Shanahan's revengeance. We'll have to wait another year. Washington football team, top of the NFC East. Oh, my God. Who who could have called this? Who would have sunk it, Adam? You know, honestly, I'm kind of sad for this because if Dallas was really good, 
if Dak was healthy for the entire season, we could have had a really nice battle at the top of the division between the football team and the Cowboys. That's true. But uh, yeah. Some things were not meant to be. No, some things this were. Was the, this was the year that the Washington team get rid of their racist name. And as a reward for them getting rid of their racist name, they're about to win the NFC East. What are you implying? I'm saying the gods are rewarding them. Oh. Okay. The football gods are rewarding them. There you go. Are you saying that now now uh, the Cleveland baseball team is going to win the uh, AL Central? The Cleveland baseball team may win the World Series. Yeah. All I know is that I made sure that I ordered uh, several Cleveland Indians t-shirts with Chief Wahoo on the, uh, on the front. All right, then. I'm going to be sending those to the Smithsonian for uh, some serious cash. Anyway, uh, talking about this game... So, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith with basically what uh, Ron Rivera said about Alex Smith is that he just got, he had some like tightness in his leg, mm-hmm. his surgically, surgically repaired leg. Yeah. And that's, you don't, you don't, you don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. And like, he couldn't get it loose basically is what he said. Like they were trying nope. to, they're trying to get him loose, but he couldn't, couldn't work out. So that's why they pulled him at the end of the first half. But I mean, really the story for this game is the defense. Yeah. Chase Young with his first career touchdown. And you also have uh, Cameron Curl with the pick six. Yeah. And then, you know, defense is the best form of offense, apparently, if you are the Washington football team. So fair play. Fair play to them. They uh, They played a really hard game, and it was a really good test for them because I think the 49ers are a team that – Defensively, they are very, very, very solid, and they presented a really tough task for the Washington football team to try and break down, but it really turned out to be the defense that stopped the 49ers' clearly inferior offense. And fair play to to them. If you started Debo Samuel, I don't know why you keep doing this to yourself because this always happens. And you must be, I, you must be getting off to it or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why people keep doing it. It's it just, it's pure stupidity to me. Yeah. You know what's that? This yeah. Debo Samuel love that I just, I, I can't understand. It makes no sense to me. Adam, maybe you could explain it better than I can, but I, I, I don't get it. Uh, no, I really can't. Why do you want underperforming second year wide receivers to start for your fantasy team? Neither do I. Neither I do I. I and I, I, I saw. I saw one matchup in one of my leagues where someone lost by five points and they had started Debo Samuel. And if they had started any other wide receiver they had on their bench, they would have won. Here's the thing. Washington is no pushover on defense. No. Either. So it's like, you're not, it's not a matchup thing. I mean, listen, Brandon, I had a great game, but it's, it's one of those deals where, the Washington football team's defense is so good that you're not starting Debo Samuel because you're like, oh, well, he's going to have a great game against these corners. It just doesn't happen that way. It's it's a situation where the, the 49ers offense looked terrible. The one interesting thing, Kyle Shanahan said he was really close to, to putting in C.J. Beathard at quarterback, and then Nick Mullins scored on the drive that he was thinking about making a change of quarterback. He's like, well, I guess I changed, I changed my mind. Never mind. Brandon Ayuk is going to be a star in this league. 
There it is. There it is. He's Brandon Ayuk is going to be an absolute star. If he's doing this with Nick Mullins at quarterback, imagine what he could be doing when Jimmy G comes back, plays the full season. Or, or any other competent quarterback that San Francisco decides to bring in next year with Jimmy Garoppolo. Or Matt Ryan. Or Matt Ryan. Correct. Oh, Matt Ryan with Brandon Ayuk. Stop it. And stop it, stop it. And George Kittle. That's that, That'll be something. Um, and some more breaking news on the podcast, and this is one that I am not shocked by by any means. Um, Mike McCarthy will return next year as the Cowboys head coach. That is confirmed by Stephen and Jared Jones. I believe the word mulligan comes to mind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sunday night and then Monday night preview. Yes. Let's talk about Sunday night football, or as I like to call it, Bird gushes about Josh Allen for the next 15 minutes. I love him. He broke Jim Kelly's single-season record for total touchdowns. Hey. Uh, yeah, but... Adam. Yes, Bird. Guess what? What? Josh Allen is amazing. And I was I right. I was I right. I know. Everyone else was wrong. I know. Well, it goes to show how good coaching uh, does for a young quarterback. I would just like to say a couple things. A couple things. I want you to listen very closely. Number one, what about Josh Allen? Do people not see? This kid is 6'4". He's the size of a house, and he throws the ball a country mile. What's there not to like? All the guy needed to do was work on his accuracy. The guy is passing about 68, 69, nice. He's completing 68, 69% of his passes. That's fourth highest in the league. I mean, and yes, you, you, you could say that that is way above his college averages and above his uh, last two seasons where he was dead last in combined completion percentage, but got to give credit where credit is due. And, and Stephon Diggs has really just brought something so much different to this offense. And Diggs is a star. Diggs is an absolute star. And it well, really we already took, knew this. It really, yeah, we did. And it really took him getting out of Minnesota and becoming his own guy for him to really show the kind of player that he is. And that is a superstar kind of receiver. Well, if you, if he was still in Minnesota, he'd be spending his entire, his walk year. uh, He'd be spending that run blocking for Dalvin cook. True. Very true. And I also look at now Pittsburgh, why they are not running the ball more and trying to create more of a balanced offense. I don't know. I understand that this was a game that got ugly rather quickly, especially in the second half. But I mean, we got to face it for what it is. Big Ben's arm is not what it used to be. Did you see that interception that he threw? It was one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my entire life. Awful. And Pittsburgh still insists on trying to throw the ball as a means of being successful. That is not going to work in the playoffs. That is not going to work, whether it is – and I'm not saying this for fantasy reasons because I own James Conner. doesn't matter. This is just a football point where if you're not going to use 
James Conner, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Jalen Samuels, whoever the hell it's going to be. If you're not running the ball more effectively and you're not giving the run game an opportunity to establish itself to set a play action and move the ball downfield, guess what? Your offense becomes predictable. And the offense is going to suck. And right now, the Steelers' offense is one-dimensional. You can't tell me, Adam, that this offense is going to compete with a team like Kansas City or a team like maybe Tennessee. Or Cleveland. Or even Cleveland. I, I don't know. I don't know. This, it, it, we said this is scream like a fraudulent 11-0 team. They've lost two in a row. Maybe this is the Steelers coming back down to earth and realizing that, well, they are not weird, that they are not as good as maybe some people thought that they were. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where, I mean, one of the great Bill Parcells quotes is you are who, what your record says you are, but sometimes teams, their record doesn't, doesn't tell the whole story because Pittsburgh had a, a fair amount of close wins in that 11 game winning streak. Yeah. And yeah, it's true. The fact of the matter is, is that if they're going to play Big Ben like he's in his prime, then Pittsburgh is going to be going nowhere fast. People are going to have a really big decision to make next week in terms of whether or not to start Big Ben, Connor, Clay Poole, Smith Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Ebron on Monday Night Football against Cincinnati. It's going to be a big decision that people are going to have to make. And I would say that the only ones I would feel confident in are probably Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Well, I mean, the Steelers always wipe the floor with Cincinnati anyway. So. True. But what happens now if you have Big Ben? Do you start Big Ben Monday night? Do well, you start James Conner in a matchup a, that should be really good for him? It's a tough situation because not only is it in the playoffs, but it's also on Monday night, and you it's either Big Ben or the uh, immortal Brandon Allen True. as your options for quarterbacks if True. you if you are not confident, if you get cold feet. So, yeah, it's not it's not ideal. No, not at all. But great win for Buffalo. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, keep firing him up. Cole Beasley. Yeah, Beasley looks great. He really, he really, really does. And hopefully uh, John Brown stays away. And, of course, my uh, deep sleeper of the week, Gabriel Davis, scoring a touchdown. So, yes. Ching. Just hopefully they don't wear those all red uniforms again. I love them. They were so nice. Red is my favorite color, but for Buffalo – not crazy. Really made, really made my man Joshy Poo's eyes just pop. Anyway, uh, Monday night football. A game between the old Browns and the new Browns. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Just... Anyway, uh, so as far as this game is concerned, Dez is out once again with the COVID issues. Um... Otherwise, nothing crazy here. Uh, Tron Williams is doubtful. Jimmy Smith is questionable. Uh, Austin Hooper is questionable, actually heading into this game. That is worth monitoring. We have a situation where he is not expected to play on Monday. So it will be... I guess either Harrison Bryant or David Njoku. I guess it would be Harrison Bryant because I feel like David Njoku has just been kind of thrown to the curb. My, for, guess is, uh, my guess is Harrison Bryant. For Cleveland. Yep. So 
Yeah. And then there we go. So as far as the playoff meter is concerned, we are not, we have evolved from the starting meter. It's the playoff meter. The playoff meter. Are you starting Lamar Jackson against Cleveland? Have to. What about the running backs, the running game? No. I figured you would say something. You would say that because no. it's true. Um, Marquise Brown. Six. Is Willie Sneed back from the COVID list? I, I wonder. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Uh, Miles Boykin had a, a good game last last time out. Yeah, so it'll be Boykin is number two. I'm not, I'm a starting. There's nobody outside of Lamar Jackson for Cleveland that I would start, or for Cleveland, for Baltimore that I would start. I apologize. Right. Okay. And then uh, Mark Andrews, you have to start him, basically. Is Mark Andrews playing? I don't. Well, that I think so. Didn't he play? He did, didn't he play last week? No, he didn't play against Dallas. No, uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was out, was out against Dallas. Yeah, Mark Andrews is going to play. Yeah, he's playing. Yep. Good to go. Yep. Fire up Mark Andrews then. Yeah, I was like, he was activated a week ago yep. from the COVID list. So yep, he's yeah. good to go. And then for Cleveland, how does Baker Mayfield shake out Four. in this game? Four. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb ten. Kareem Hunt seven. Jarvis Landry. Six. Any other receivers? Rashard Higgins is like a five. And then Harrison Bryant at tight end. Three. All right. So as usual, we'll talk to you. Actually, it's probably our first usual waiver show in a while. Yeah. Because tomorrow. it's just just one Monday night football game, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you, review this game. We'll go into uh, waivers for the second round of the fantasy football playoffs. A equally as important waiver show as last week's. So please stay tuned for that. Yep. Anybody needing a Monday Night Miracle? Good luck tonight. Yes. Good luck tonight. Good luck. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only this, the fantasy show, but also the Basement Talk Podcast the Basement Talk Podcast debate, and also the Quizvitational. That is all on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon Music. As we've previously noted, we'll talk to you tomorrow for the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show waiver show. And yeah, we are looking forward to talking to you then. For my co-host, Ed Burrosal, I am Adam Castor, and thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.